you're listening to the Board Game Snobs podcast, a ridiculous podcast with ridiculous hosts that discuss ridiculous things. And any mention of board games is purely coincidental. And so, without further ado, and with a heavy dollop of shame and embarrassment on my part, I give you the Board Game Snobs. Go. This is the Board Game Snobs Podcast. This is the podcast that you wanted, that you requested, and now it's here. Thank you, Enrique. You're quite welcome. Enrique is here. Gobby's here acting as the main recorder. Hello. Sound man, producer. Sound engineer. Yes. Slash assistant? Sound. Huh? You're, huh? you're the assistant. Are you the assistant? You're Enrique's assistant, assistant. to what? Assistant I don't know. Enrique. Assistant to this man? You're here? assisting Enrique. Are you, Are you assisting me? me? Am I assisting? I'm assisting no one. I, well, I am here doing what I always do. Technically, you're assisting us by making this recording. We're all assisting everyone together all at Is the same true, time. Jerry? It's a circle assist. I'm here by myself. <laughs> I'm here with everyone. I came here with an agenda. What's your agenda? I don't really have, like, when I say agenda, I don't mean, like, plan. But I just have an agenda. Like, I have something in the back of my mind I would like to accomplish. Okay. What was it? Which would be to influence people. Okay. Not necessarily in a positive way. It's not necessary. I'm drinking agenda accomplished. This box wine that your wife gave me. She gave you a box wine? This Pinot Grigiac. I don't mind it. I think it's pretty good. It's good. So just cheap wine. It does its job, is what I like to say. From a cardboard box. Why should you hate on it? If it tastes good, it doesn't matter if it comes from a box. We're pro-cardboard here. Why does it matter if it comes from a bottle or a box? And you know what? No one could tell the difference if you poured two different ones. Probably not. Not even sommeliers. Yes, they can, actually. Probably they could. could. Maybe they could. They're experts in what they do. It's very difficult. Enrique. Yes. You've done nothing with your life lately except to go to Six Flags with me. Yes. I took you to Six Flags. You took me to Six Flags? Yes, you did. You yeah, drove me there. I drove you there. You, you drove me there. You yeah, lack right. the ability to transport yourself to that area. Technically, you Still offered yet. me a ride. A ride. And to hang out with you for a little bit. A ride to many rides, you might say. To yes. take me on a quest upon getting your, your daughter... A shotgun. Well, yeah, she needs to be able to protect herself. Was that done at Six Flags? No, you can't no. buy a shotgun at Six Flags. That would be amazing, I though. Just, <laughs> I just was following what Enrique it was, said. You know, Six That'd Flags over Texas. Texas thing. You think they would just give out a free handgun when you check in? Rifles. I want a free handgun. A rifle. Rifle. Rifle, rifle for a rifle. No, the many riffing? rifles. For the riffraff. That's enough riffing. Please. So you've done that. You went to Six Flags with me. That is right. You had uh, a copious amounts of fun. Yes. We went to it, Dave and Buster's. Dave, yeah, we were killing Dave and Buster's. Yes, we man. killed at Dave and Buster's. I taught you how to play with a the coin rifles machine. You got? No, with Enrique figuring out how to play this one game. He was trying to get the most tickets. I, I don't care for the ticket thing. I, I've never I, cared for the tickets. I, what did you dude. get with them? Did you get something with no, your tickets? No, 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 I, no, no, no. I didn't get anything no. with them. Yes, See, he that's, did. That's my, yes, pointless. he did. Yes, he did. You get a billion tickets. It takes a billion tickets to get a little teddy bear no, or something. No, it doesn't. It takes 5,000 tickets <laughs> to get... <laughs> It takes roughly 5,000 tickets to get you like that big uh, Nerf gun. And how many tickets do you get winning one game? Well, that's, uh, the, that's, the, that's <laughs> the point. That's the point right there. So Enrique and I were scouting out the various games and figuring out which ones we could game just right and get the maximum amount of points for our efforts. Enrique found a... Skee-ball. Coin, uh, no. No. Oh. Found a coin machine. Oh, that as you're throwing quarters into it, it would push those coins off. You know, mm-hmm. that you can see oh, them. I'm very familiar. Well, those are rigged. I sink a fortune to those. Those are very, very much rigged. What? 
Enrique figured out that a particular one he thought was primed. And he said, if you let other people play it, it gets primed to the point to where you can then hit the jackpot. Well, he then sits and describes to me after playing several rounds of it that this is what you can do. And if, if it's this thing is lit up and this thing's lit up, then you know it's primed. And then he left with another friend of ours and was playing like air hockey. And I happened by the same machine that he was watching. And guess what? It was primed. It was primed. And typically, out of all the other games he's playing, you'd win maybe 100 tickets at best. At best. Like, I think the most tickets you'd win off one game is like 150 tickets. Possibly off like an average game, about 50 or 60 tickets off the ones that were skill-based. I hit the jackpot on this. That would require 50 victories to get 5,000 tickets. It took you your calculator out to figure that out. (laughs) Yes. Are you listening? 50 victories. Are you listening? I'm listening. You're not listening. I'm listening. 1,200 tickets. You said 5,000. I hit 1,200 tickets. Oh, you got 1,200 yeah. tickets. Off Enrique's watching this machine and saying it's primed. And it was indeed. Did you shake it violently? No. No. Like, it, there's so Did heavy. Did you have like a there's horseshoe so magnet and you held up to the no, quarters? No, no, no. no, 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 no. Like, it's just extremely heavy with coins that mm-hmm. it's impossible to actually shake this thing. Enrique would know. Plus, I think you're not supposed to. But oh, either way, we, we, we found several other games that we were like working around, figuring out. There's a ball. There's a bowling game. Uh, bowling that, game. And I was tearing that, it up. The axe throwing game. That's the wild. axe throwing game. Do they have a little one where you donk the, the things no, on the head? Sadly, no, they don't do the, oh. the, the, I hate that. The whack-a-mole. Whack-a-mole. But they do have the lightning round thing, which is kind of like whack-a-mole with the lights, your, your, your oh, reflexes. Yeah. And so it's all basically this, these various iterations of these games. And some you could figure out quite quickly, this is rigged, there's no way you're going to hit the jackpot. But there's some that, yes, it is possible. And that was one of them. Good to read. So did you use your tickets to get anything? No, no it's like 10,000 tickets. Yeah. <laughs> Just and, say and that would take 100 victories. Nah. It'll be fine. But, and, the, and previously before Jerry got his 1,200, I was already Previously prim- before? I was already priming that one because yeah, way I back. got a small So victory. you're just the primer. I ba- I think I primed it a little bit of where I got about six, 700 tickets yeah. from that yeah. machine. Alone. So, yeah. So, Enrique has it figured out. And so, I, you're the primer. I think you're missing the point, Enrique's the Jerry's you're missing, the, the you're, hitter. You're missing the point. You're saying, what are you getting from these tickets? It's the idea of mastering a game is what you get. Yeah. And that's what it is, is being able to beat the system. That's mm. what you get from it. But you want the tickets. No. If they had ski ball, so then, I would have They had won. ski ball, but ski ball is very difficult. Oh. So you could just give your tickets to somebody else and say, I'm not here for these. Well, no. You, well, yeah. It's a representation of you winning so do you like walk around with the tickets just like draped around no, your neck? No, it's electronic. You've not yeah, like no, a, it's, you're, it's you're, a showy you're, display. You are dating yourself so bad because they're not actual your, tickets. Of your victory as they're draped around your neck like a wreath of victory. They're not actual tickets. That's oh. all done digitally now. It's so boring, actually, a little bit. I know. The physical ticket, that was awesome. That's just awesome. walk around with weird. Those. Just I hated a those. lot of tickets. Hated those. I but either way, I like those skill-based games where you're trying to figure out how is this done, if it's if it's rigged or not. I like that. You thought uh, when I when we were at I forget I think it was a bowling alley and they had ski ball. Mm-hmm. You said oh, it was yeah. impossible to get those one thousand uh point five thousand. The is it five thousand like five thousand in the corners? And I was like, how difficult it is to get up in there. And Enrique like figured out exactly where you had to hit on the ramp just right and was like nailing that 5,000 corner shot like two or three times in a row. (laughs) I've never been any good at skee-ball. I just like playing it. I know, but that's the point is that me and Rika go to find something that is skill-based and then uh, but you're talking about quarters. That's not skill based. Oh, it, 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 it literally robs people of their quarters all across the nation. Well, no, it is skill. That's it, the reason it, they set them up is so that they have, can take all your you money. You have to like tactically find out. I mean, you could look at one and you say, "You can look at one I'm not and see is it good? There. Is it ready?" And yeah, there are some electronic ones that are rigged. Like I think the Deal or No Deal game is rigged. Oh yeah, I think up, it's, yeah, I think no, totally, like, no, I stopped that, playing it's, that it's, thing it's because it's rigged. But one no, arm bandit. But there's tons of those games like that. That that yes, there is a way of of winning it, and it's just what's your best. What's your best? Uh, do you get tickets from the basketball one? I don't do the, those very much because those basketball ones are typically they'll they'll warp the the hoop. 
Yeah. But the ones where you're throwing the ball at the at the cans or the clowns oh, yeah, or whatever, yeah, yeah. tear that one up. There's a lot of like fair game, like carnival and, games. Well, they had they had a moving cornhole one. Oh, oh yeah. That yeah. was based off was lights. Good. And we played that several times. And I was showing my uh we played like two or three times in a row and I decided that it as well was set up to where you could not get the multipliers enough to actually hit the jackpot. Yeah. Like it, you get because we well we you could, have to like do it really fast. You just could not like timing wise, you just were not going to be able to do it. Like, like it, it was rigged where you're always going to fall short of that. So there's some like that. And then that's also a thing is getting to the point that you can identify they, that this is just, this is too rigged. It's too stacked against you. And they had some of the old, uh, old retro games. like Arcade games like the arcade. Asteroids and stuff yeah. like that. Enrique, uh, owned, Enrique inheriting on the uh, high score on uh, uh, Space Invaders. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah. He was like, ah, ah. Just like that. That's what they did the entire time. Yeah, like you could scream. You could just hear or yelling across. Yes, it was very odd. And it was loud in there. Your space was not invaded. It was not. Nor his privacy. I would say at one point in time, though, it was, or else you wouldn't be here. You'd still be playing Space Invaders. But so they did eventually invade. I thought a book that I still need to read. Please. Uh, Sherlock Holmes, the short stories. Yes. By. Arthur, Arthur Conan Doyle. Con- Conan Doyle? Yeah, same guy. Sir, to you. Sir, I'm sorry. He was knighted, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. He's the Dark Knight. By the Queen. But that should be an interesting read. She was that old. So, are we getting into this? We're going to get into games okay. here in a second. Okay, I'm just making you're just sure. Getting really, you're getting really ahead of yourself. Uh, you well, are. I'm just talking. Okay, I have uh, something I found. What did you find? Uh, Is I'm this interested. the banter section? I want we to were know. in the banter section? Don't Dang. be so meta. You guys are so meta. Okay, and I'm interested if you think this is a person with extremely good fortune or extremely bad fortune, because it can go either way. I believe you make your own fortune. In 1999, skydiver Joan Mary's parachute malfunctioned. Parachute. Causing her to fall 14,500 feet. Mm -hmm. It's a long ways. Her backup parachute opened at 700 feet. But it quickly deflated, and she continued to plummet towards the ground at 80 miles per hour. Hmm. Miraculously survived, Murray survived the fall thanks to the fact that she landed directly onto a mound of fire ants. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Doctors believe that the intense shock of being stung over 200 times by the ants released a surge of adrenaline, which kept her heart beating. She survived. So, this person not only has a parachute that fails, and then the secondary fails, and then they land on a mound of ants that sting you 200 times. Okay. But all of those things kept her alive. I don't believe that story. So, do you think she's fortunate or unfortunate? And the question is, did anything, like, I'm assuming something broke during that fall. Like, she lost something in that fall. I mean, it didn't go into, I mean, I didn't go in. That's just like the cover. Bam. Like the, the blurb. Okay. Well, if it, if it's just that, then I would say fortunate. Well, she survived. Yeah. She survived. <laughs> She's alive. From that just story alone, she sounds very But fortunate. how many bad things can, I mean, like that's a lot of bad stuff happening to you on one skydive. Hey, at least you survived. No, that's bad true. I would, I would argue is that those, that chain of, of events was set into motion by her own personal choice. It wasn't that. She was forced to skydive because her plane was on fire. Oh, true. So she chose to do that. And so, yes. Therefore, she knew the risk. These things took place. And so she was fortunate to survive because the various bad, poor things that happened still resulted in her living. But I don't believe that story, not one bit about the ants. That makes no logical sense. What, the fire ants? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can only quote to you what I read off of Twitter, off of a random website. Well, well you can quote it. MorbidKnowledge.com. It doesn't make any sense because does your body survive just off adrenaline? No. No. If you have tr- massive traumatic injury and you're lost enough blood, there's no amount of adrenaline that's well, going to keep like, you alive. That's why I want to know. Like, something had to break during right, that fall. Right, yeah, And she yeah. had... And eighty miles per hour, you're not you're not going to tell me not a single bone pierced. I'm sure the she skin. was hurt. I'm sure she was hurt. Like she was, she, and that's why the whole fire ant thing just seems like something that was tacked on. Where later. was this at? 
Did he say where it was it, at? It doesn't matter. Probably in the place that has fire ants. Well, like, Texas. Did Texas have fire ants? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It does say she's a former American skydiver. <laughs> I guess maybe she quit after that. Or she's dead. <laughs> Typically, let's see. This is now, now, this is off a very uh, tuco.co.ke. Take with that watch. Sounds like will. a Russian misinformation site. I'm probably getting bots all in my computer now. Typically, a person has a 50% chance of dying if they fall from a height of 48 feet. However, the mortality rate increases to 100% if the person falls from a height of 80 feet and above. That's not true either. So that would mean everyone that's ever fallen from that height is dead, which I just read to you a story, and I've heard other stories of people falling from like a few thousand feet yeah, people, skydiving, yeah, people and survive. they miraculously survive. So the 100% is not correct. Already, I'm dismissive of tuco.co.ke. In this I, I'm dismissive because there's no doctor. How are they going to determine these? This one also does says she will always thank a mound of fire ants that kept her alive. I know, but that that doesn't mean anything. She thanks it every day. She thanks it or thanks of that, but it doesn't mean that that's what kept her alive. I would argue that her falling on that mound of fire ants, them biting her had nothing to do with her surviving that event. I still want to just know what I broke on her. What injuries did she suffer? Yeah. Rick obsessed with this. <laughs> like, I, I want to know. Okay, well, let me see. More than likely, since she was not at terminal velocity, it was that secondary chute that slowed her down enough, and this the tip type of ground that she struck that kept her from dying. Not some fire ants. I'm d- I want to know. How it's bad. saying the uh, ant stings were venomous, thus they shocked her heart and kept it beating. No. Also, no. the stings caused her body to produce more adrenaline, which kept her alive until the paramedics arrived. No. No. Gave her, gave her some quick aid and transported her to the hospital. No, that's not. There you go, Enrique. My God. Yes. You should be happy. Yes. What injuries did Joan Murray sustain? When she arrived at the Carolina Medical Center, doctors determined that Joan Murray's skydiver injuries included shattered bones on the right side of her body, and she lost a few teeth. Thus, they put her in a coma and performed 20 reconstructive surgeries and 17 blood transfusions. The surgeries included inserting a metal rod into her right leg and five-inch spikes into her pelvis. Hmm. Also, Joan Murray suffered a... Commuted? Yeah, they misspelled it. Commuted, they spelled it communi- commu- uh, it doesn't a matter. communistic, yeah, a communistic com- fracture, a, a communistic femur S- fracture. Sorry, comrade, <laughs> <laughs> but your leg is ours. Fortunately, Joan had no significant hollow oh. viscous injuries to the organs within <laughs> we, her abdominal we, cavity. We must take you back to surgery. Quit stalling. <laughs> <laughs> Get it? Because Stalin and communist, uh-huh. I made that connection. Really fast. So there. Uh, are you happy now that she got her bone shattered? Is that what you're seeking? On the right seeking? side, we're putting on... your blood back in. <laughs> on... I can't think of she any more. your blood back. I'm I... trying to think of any other puns I could use. Russian puns. That's just interesting. It was only the, it, the only her right side. Oh my god! You are obsessed with her injuries. Well, yes. like, I just think it's interesting on, on how just the right side of her body. Mm-hmm. And Enrique's not buying this ant story. It not. sounds overflated, I and I have agreed with him. I don't like this story. This is dumb. This is this is this is. Some right. I think they put the fire for... ants just to make it more this interesting. This is this is disinformation. I found at least two sources. No, no. And the, for the second no. source was quoting the first no. source. <laughs> yeah, those are not primary sources. And besides, if she had adrenaline pumping, you know what? I'm going to give Joan Mary a call. And Let me see if I can find her phone number. Cuts get her on Facebook or she's bleeding. Look her up on LinkedIn. She's dead within a couple of seconds. See if anybody's got any LinkedIn. Do we do LinkedIn? Oh, darn. I think she died anyway. Oh, what you died? Oh, she's dead. Yeah, I knew it. No, wait. This is from Wilmington Funeral and Cremation. Joan Leslie Murray. Dead. Dead. (laughs) (laughs) Only a couple days after. Oh, RIP Joan. Although Joan is known for her bright smile and warm hospitality, she's most recognized for her surviving a skydiving accident in September of 1999. Yet, age she could not defeat. She died last year, May 23rd, 2022. How old? Oh, wait. Hold. Joan passed away. Uh, she battled cancer oh. for the past 29 oh. months and is finally free of her pain. There you go. All right, Joan. I don't believe the ant story. 
RIP. I'm just I'm just She's, saying, like, if she had we any internal to. bleeding or for any Joe. bleeding, I don't believe it. No, for Joe, I'm not, not giving it for Joe. Her entire Joe, right side on. was shattered. You yeah. telling me not a single bone cut something in there? Enrique's Enrique's making some solid points. You like you get and if the adrenaline right is keeping her alive. Yes, he did air quotes just then. <laughs> alive. Yeah, like, she, she should dead. be dead within a couple of seconds. Look, she should have been look, dead the moment like, the 50 bites in. I here's, why, here's why I don't believe it. Because I have worked in the medical field for over 20 years, and I wish I had a dollar for every time some patient told me something that was highly false that supposedly a doctor told them or that even I told them or that some other medical professional said, oh, I would have been dead in three hours like so, and they repeat that stuff and act like it's somehow legitimate. So instead of if you don't have a defibrillator nearby, just throw the person yeah, on a pile of fire ants. Yeah, <laughs> just hold on, Bob. <laughs> Quick, put this nine volt battery in your mouth. <laughs> you know, huh? Joan, I believe in. What you. if what if somebody's heart stops and then like, oh, Aunt Mary's over there? No, not that type of aunt. <laughs> She's over there biting on you. I, I read this on. I read this on a Russian side. <laughs> my my venom. Two hundred bites from ants, not aunts. Oh, Joan, you're just sad. I made that joke before person. you did. You know, you're, you were cooking it. 65, 75, 85. I already told you. She's sixty-eight. Oh five. 15. Dang. Do you need to make it 70? No. No. Uh, okay, so that was the best that you had there. That's good. Thank you. Uh, uh, let's move. It gave us a good five it minutes of ant fodder. It, that was yeah. a good, that's some good content. If I had to and work, Enrique's complete disbelief obsession I, with her broken nose. I like Enrique's thought pattern there. I enjoy I'm going to laugh <laughs> when they exhume her body based on this podcast. And verify that indeed she was bitten by over 200 fire ants. It does, that's not what I'm <laughs> arguing. I don't care if she's bitten by 2,000. That is not what would have kept her alive. I, I just tell you what, tico.ku. I know, I know. But I'm just saying, you're just spreading the same misinformation. I'm not spreading it. You're all of our thousands <laughs> upon thousands of listeners are now going, I bet this is true. Like, no, no, you're misinforming the youths, uh, the youths. Misinforming the Utes. Here we go. Factrepublic.com. Oh, yeah. Anything that says fact and republic, the fact republic. <laughs> Survived while skydiving. Venomous stings, fire ants, cause adrenaline rush, kept her heart beating. Literally, all of these are I still don't believe thing. that. They're just repeating stuff. There's yeah. no, and that is that is a heartwarming story. No pun intended. But at the same time, I just simply, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I'm just like I said previously, it, there's no way she had no bleeding. Yes, at all. yes, source. and that I think that that I think that she barely survived, and it was probably due to the secondary shoot slowing her down below terminal velocity. She's doing about 80 miles an hour, which I'm assuming that was from our altmeter or whatever that they had that was recording her speed, and thus she hit the ground in a soft spot and heel, and more than likely, that's probably what kind of. You know, kept I'm alive. pretty sure she got really lucky by just I'm, having. I'm, I'm clicking on this button that says source, and it just takes me to skydiving.com, and there's nothing there. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's a scam. Oh, now I got to find skydiving.com. And I think it's also fortunate it just all her bones on the right side. Yes. Which she she landed on her right side. She landed on her right side. But Enrique's got some points. I'm just saying. It's just. He doesn't. He's quick to. He's quick to. Be skeptical, as one should be. And when I am, I'm hopefully right. <laughs> yes, and and one should not just spread this type of willy nilly misinformation. And if for I, the bants, when I'm wrong, I'm wrong because I thought Ants I was for the right. <laughs> <laughs> I firmly believed in it. What I said, and not, I choose my moments. You choose your moments. I love choosing my moments. Speaking of which, we're going to talk about a game now. I think it would be apropos, considering that this is a, an award-nominated podcast. We haven't had okay. anything. Question is, are we going to get the bad ones out? No, no, no. Well, no, we're going to talk about, we're going to go in, in order. In that regard, okay. real quick, just real in quick, because it's not going to be long for that all starts coming back around. Golden Geek? Do not nominate us for the Golden Geek. Why not? Why not? Just don't. Why? Don't. What? I don't want it. Yeah, you, you do. You don't want it? Don't want it. It's all you talk about. 
I never talk about it. Yeah, you do. Do not nominate us. Why not? We don't oh, is this reverse psychology? Shut up, Enrique. <laughs> do no, Enrique. God dang it, Enrique. I desperately not. want it. No, you don't. Yes, I do. You don't even want I reviews. You don't even want people knowing about us. Five star reviews on Spotify, you don't, please. <laughs> you do not tell want your that. friends. No, no, give us any reviews. I want you so to go to work and tell your coworkers about the board games. Don't snob tell them about us. And do say, not. I listen. Don't. Do you like board games? And like, no. Well, listen here, Karen. They don't talk a lot about board games. Jessica. They talk about, uh, I use Karen because that's just a generalized term. I'm trying to normalize Karen as an individual that is just not, a, it's not a slur. I know, I know a lady named Karen and she's very nice. I, all the Karens I know are nice. And some of my best look, friends are look, Karens. We're, th- <laughs> some of the- we're three, we're three reviews away on Apple from being a hundred. Do not get us to a hundred. We don't, I want that so bad. No. I don't do even have an us. Apple phone or item. In my possession. I mean, do not do it. I did have one of those Apple little clip-on sound things. The iPod. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, little clip-on For running and stuff. Because oh, yeah, yeah. my wife run, and Back I like day. to run, and I clipped that on and listened to it. And that was very nice. I enjoyed it. It was very lightweight. It was, and you would forget about it, and it mm-hmm. clipped on. And I, I thought that would be a But you did thing. have to have an actual wire go into the hole. This was not Bluetooth time. This wasn't Bluetooth this era. This was not Bluetooth era. I'm a Bluetooth guy now. I got to have Bluetooth headphones. I can't have the wire bothering me. It oh, yeah. drives me yeah, insane. Yeah, I understand. yeah Bluetooth, Bluetooth is the way to go now, naturally. Is there anything? like? I feel like we've been stuck at Bluetooth for a while. I feel like there should be an advancement. Well, strange, strangely, you should say that. I hooked up a soundbar here recently that was Bluetooth enabled, and I utilized the Bluetooth instead of the, the actual cord to the TV, and Bluetooth is not in any way comparison in terms of sound quality. You lose a lot of sound quality through Bluetooth. And so I just don't think that right now we're going to get to a point where sound is going to be that great in comparison between the cords and, and Bluetooth. I don't think we're quite there yet. Is that, I mean, yeah. I know Bluetooth is short range, so I guess the FM frequency is much more powerful. Or how does, or is that even, I don't even know how that operates. Is Bluetooth a frequency? I No, I don't think it's a frequency. I think Bluetooth is an actual, I wish Bubba was here because we've talked about this before. It's, it, it's, I don't think it's, don't quote me on it. I'm sure there is a frequency or there's something of that nature, or unless anybody could just hook up to your, catch your Bluetooth in the air. But it's an actual connection. Like, yeah, yeah, people can get your, yeah, this like you can intercept it. Yeah, you can intercept it. Uh, but something. Hmm. I don't think it's necessarily a f- frequency, so to speak. Somebody should write in at boardgamesongs at gmail.com. And I'm sure somebody will mention the symbol on Bluetooth and Vikings mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. that all is a thing that we've talked about previously. But we need to know about the systems of it. How does it work? I do, I do. But uh, what we're we talking about, we were talking about board games, board and games not and to do nominate not, us. Do not nominate. But us for please the do because I want to win. We will never win. Yes, we will. It's going to be another five years. We'll board win. game hot takes a win. We'll win. We will. Uh, we there's several other winning. podcasts. We're not going to this. It takes Gamecasters will get nominated this year. All I have to do, uh, I'm game, telling you. I haven't listened to the Gamecasters in a long time. We're going to get nominated this I year. Don't really like, <laughs> I don't really like Jeff. I'm going to tell you Jeff's right now. Jeff's Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. Jeff's a sweetheart. They don't, they don't ever email me or talk to me. I don't listen to they their show. Sweetheart. Do? They probably don't listen to us anymore. They don't either. But I still listen I to them. I did commercials for them. Jeff's a sweetheart. Back when they were nothing. When they were nothing. They had commercials? Yes, I did. We both ran commercials for them. For the Gateway Network. Oh, yeah. And did anyone ever do anything for us? No. We were the largest on the Gateway Network. Nobody did nothing for us. We were trying to launch them. Ryan and them talked about us. The Game Gasters did. But the rest of that network was terrible. Except that guy that cut hair. Who? The guy that we had on. The, oh, Roberto. He was cool. Does he still do a show? I hope there? so. I need to talk to him. He Because uh, I'm growing a beard. Me and Enrique are both growing oh, beards. Yeah. I'm growing one, too. Yeah. <laughs> I just had to shave it off recently. <laughs> no. yeah, I Why? Because I, I, I don't know how to grow a beard, but I was I trimmed it. You just meditate really oh, hard. Okay. Think about it. <clears throat> Enrique, please. Both of us. I think, I, I think grew, no, don't. Like, oh, don't. No. Grow. No. On don't a, make the owls. This is going to get clipped. On three. One, two, three. Grow. <laughs> Beard. There it is. I just a little hair plops you out. You know what? I think you like a half inch, maybe. <laughs> maybe I'm confusing beards with hemorrhoids. Either way. Mm-hmm. 
Gateway Network was not a success for us. It was not. It's unfortunate. They became gamecasters. Ryan had a nice idea. The no pun included to our shut up and sit down. It just did not work. We launched them. It doesn't matter. Anyways, we're not really a board game podcast, so it doesn't matter. I guess. Board game adjacent, as you we say. We are adjacent. And I'd like to adjacently talk about a board game that you purchased that I very wisely held off buying for a long time simply because of I saw a pattern. And now, for your pleasure, a board game review. This is Whistle Stop by Bezier Games. Now, it's not the one that was made by all Spock. All Ted, the guy who did... Uh, the other tile laying game, one of the first games we ever played together. Yeah, I know. The city building one? Yeah, it's leaving me right now. Uh, it's a tile laying game, very respected. Suburbia. Suburbia. Uh, this game's made by a different uh, designer whose names leaves me, but Gobby will look it up. Yeah. Whistle Stop is a tile laying game where individuals place their trains on one side of a map, and then you lay out tiles slowly as your trains advance across the map. Landing on various areas, basically collecting various cubes. You use these cubes to purchase either upgrades or go to various areas and pay for various bonuses or stocks until eventually you get to the other side of the board and gain points. The whole idea of the game is building a route and moving your train through said route. It's very interesting because laying down the tiles, it's all very, I would say that's kind of a neat little quaint um <laughs> mechanism it's very carcassonish in that regard it is that and speaking of carcassonne which i do not like hate at it. all i hate i would, I would say i'm borderline on that type of hatred as well that this is the most entry-level tile laying game that i would play and one of the reasons i never bought whistle stop was because it was constantly being sold on the virtual flea market at BGG. And when I see a game that is chronically being bought and sold, it makes me wonder, is there, what's the deal? Is this one of those games that you play a couple times and then you're done with it? Mm-hmm. I think that this game fits a very niche, niche. Yes. And, and my nephew. We're past that niche. And stuff. it's not our taste. So I never purchased it. You got a good deal on it. We played it. It was fine. We enjoyed it. If you're looking for a family-based tile-laying game, then, yeah. it's it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's To me, it's a step up from Carcassonne. It is. I would rather play this than Carcassonne, which I hate. Obviously. This game by Scott Caputo. Caputo. I think we did kind of, being our first time playing, uh, I wasn't really aware of where I should go, how I should really lay these train tracks, unaware of how some of these train tracks, you can just com- get completely screwed, put yourself in a loop or get completely blocked off from making any moves further than your first one you made by other trains. But by the time we finally got things sussed out and got about halfway across the board and kind of realized oh, the, the flow of the game, and then you get to the other side and there's some big bonus points. You have to collect these cubes. Once you collect those cubes, you turn those cubes in for these big bonus points at the end of the game or shares in these stocks. That's the game. That's literally the game. It's just collect resources, turn those resources in for points and stocks. And the stocks count for mega points if you have the majority share. I, I start, I'm like many games, unfortunately, I start off watching the videos and I'm like, huh, I think I, because I grasp it so quickly and easily, like I, I appreciate that. And we'll get into that. I don't know if this podcast or the future one about all these super fast card games we've gotten into. Thanks to um, from, in my regard, Joffrey from uh, BGG, these just super easy to grasp card games that take no time to play. They're super fun, super interesting. Bam, you're done. I would rather play those in this game because this game is it's too long for what it does. It's just not that interesting. You're just moving these trains along this track and you pay coal to do so from one stop to the next. There's a little bit of obviously there's some strategy in trying to hit these particular depots that give you the minerals or coal or whatever resources you need for the points you need to turn those into. Just like any other game of this ilk. It's not is nothing special to me though. I did not. I, I, yeah. It wasn't nothing special. And I think that you even made the comment afterwards you didn't feel like there was much of a strategy to it. Like you're just simply looking out, going, All right, I'm gonna go here and just catch I need the blue or red and the green as you go. That's it. And it is kind of one of these games where you just kinda of get lost in its easiness and its quaintness where you're just putting stuff out and you're just trying to get the trains across uh, you're not there was never a point to where you're really thinking very deeply about no nor do you really feel like you're actually having to really engage with this game to figure out how am i going to get this 
from point A to point B. Everything I wanted to do, I did. And at the end, it was like, okay, who had the most dogs? It's nothing harder than looking and say, oh, I need a blue, red, and a green. Okay, here's a blue, here's a red, here's a green. Let me go to those spots. After you made that that comment about there not really being a strategy, we played another small game called Trio, which we played with Joffrey at the BGG. It's the American version of Nani Nani. It's that uh, Trio little card game. It's a memory game, cards from 1 to 12. You think of it kind of like a gamer's version of Goldfish. Everybody gets cards dealt out to them, and the rest of the cards that you don't use are spread out in a little small face-down tableau out in the middle of the table. And you're basically the only questions that you can ask the other players is, show me your highest card or show me your lowest card. And all you're trying to do is find three cards or a trio of all those cards, even if they're cards from your hand. So you can say, Enrique, show me your highest card. And, and if it's a 12, he lays it down. Well, if your highest card's a 12, you can say, I'm going to show my highest card and lay down a 12. And hopefully you either know somebody else at the table that you can ask to say, hey, show me your highest card. And it happens to be a 12, you win that trick. Or your other option is to go out to this tableau that's face down, flip over the one of those cards, and then you get to play like this weird memory game of trying to remember if that's not the card, then you got to go find it somewhere else. You flip the cards back face down. And so it is a memory game of knowing whose lowest card is what and where these cards out here in this tableau are. And it's a quick, easy little game with very little strategy other than don't give away too much information. I liked Trio very much. I enjoyed it. And I think reason was is because the engagement with this game, even though it was easy, it's neat trying to gain this one little system, this one little memory part. I never felt like I was engaged with Whistle Stop. I never felt like I was competing against Enrique. It's like the game was over and who won? And it just was not that interesting, even though there were a lot more bits and bobs with with Whistle Stop. Trio, to me, felt like a much more into a three to six player game. Uh, trio is. And it, it just felt much of much more... It, I was more entertained by that little card game that we played. Yeah one round of it in five minutes than I was whistle stop. I mean, I, I would rather play however many games it takes to equal the time it took us to play whistle stop. And it's not a comparison of what's the strategy. It's really not. It's enjoyment. This, it's the not, not I want to use that term. Cause that's okay. too, that's too. All right. Well, it's too generic. Like all I enjoyed this, that's uh-huh. subjective to put it in an objective way. It would be how, how easy is the game? And then in that circle of, okay, this game's super easy, how much interaction and what type of interaction there are with players and what exactly is the the mechanism that I'm using to make choices. So it's like, yeah, Trio, all you're doing is go fish mechanism. Show mm-hmm. me your highest card, show me your lowest card type thing. It's it's a variant of that. Then there's, memory. A, there's a memory portion of it. But you're engaged the entire time. I have to pay attention to everybody's turn. Yes. And it's fun. And it's quick and it's fun because, oh, you forgot which one his highest was. And I asked it again. Oh, I knew what his highest card was. He didn't have, you know, it's stuff like that. Whereas Whistle Stop, very easy decision making. There's no interaction. It's moving along track. And for us, it just doesn't fire off in the way that would, that feels like if it's going to be no interaction, there needs to be more mechanisms to it to keep me entertained. If I'm going to play a game that's basically I'm soloing this, then it needs to. Be, I need to be feeling like I'm fighting against the game. I think uh, so. I had posted to our Facebook group. We're playing this. Ryan Maxwell's like, "Oh, it's in my top ten of all time." I'm going to guess. Uh, of course, you know, to each their own. You can enjoy what you enjoy. You don't need to hate what you're going to say. Just say what you're going to say. Okay, okay, You're talking trash okay. about Ryan, I'm, aren't you? No, I'm, I'm thinking How because he you. has a... <laughs> because he often plays with his family. This is a family-level weight game. Yes, and you're a childless you person. En- and if you enjoy that with your family... Uh, yeah, the classic, if you like family games, this game's for you. Yes. I don't enjoy... Fa- no, no, here's... Okay. And no, here's, a, here's a, a caveat well, with no, that, though. Well, well, that's I'm going to add hold, my caveat wait, hold to on, that. Hold on, hold on. You Just a second. All these games that... All these card games, family weight games. Right. I will play those any day over the family weight gameness of Whistle Stop. Okay. But, and as I was going to add this caveat, couldn't stop you before you made this comment. You don't have kids. And kids don't necessarily don't typically engage with just here's a card 
these family weight card games typically don't hook kids that well unless they're real gamers, like really into the hobby. Whereas little trains, this mechanism of moving around, getting cubes, that type thing, that's a family weight game that does engage kids. So if I had a family weight game like Whistle Stop, I guarantee you, I take that, my kids get into it, then yeah, I'm going to play that game. It's going to be one of the games. And even though I might not be thoroughly in thinking, you know, the strategy of not be thoroughly enjoying it, I will appreciate that game for what it does. And that's that's the key. And that's why I really don't like this term, although we have to use it, this I mean, family weight. Just because it's entry level. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, because entry level and family weight are not the same thing, I would argue. But people use them in a similar way. I know, and they shouldn't. And they're wrong for doing so. And I hate people <laughs> who do it. And I'm trying to stop that. But I've realized that I can't, can't. control other people. I have tried. It's just like people getting upset at the term filler. Yes. You shouldn't use the term filler. It's a game. It's a game unto itself. Right. And so there you go. I understand. Even though those are perfectly adequate terms for that's not a hat, which you can play in five minutes while you're waiting for somebody to set up or find the game they want to play. And that's not a hat is neat. I enjoyed it a lot. All of these games we played today, we'll we'll discuss them. I don't know when. If we're going to discuss them now, we discussed trio and we discussed whistle stop. I think we've done two games. We have maxed out our board game talk. Okay, I'm All just right. saying. Next up, banter. Go Enrique. I thought we already huh? did banter. No, it's it's banter. Games banter. That's the new that's the new format. Go Enrique. You said we what? couldn't do wait, that. Wait, why why is it to me? Because you have said nothing this what entire. I talked about board game portion. I How get... did you feel about whistle stop? Uh, it was okay. I feel like the movement restriction was a little bit idiotic. Movement restriction? Well, yeah. Like, you couldn't go Gobby back to the you same. in a headlock. Oh, yeah. You go yeah, backwards with the little yeah, whistle. I thought that was kind of stupid, to be honest. A train can't go backwards, but it can. It can. But, like, and the the token to allow you to go backwards? I've, was a whistle. It was a whistle. Which is thematic. And the only way to get whistles is to get far enough into the rounds of the game, or you find a token. A, or a you little, go across a whistle stop spot. And you yeah. wet your whistle. Yeah, but like, the, I think those are like in the style, the the middle. Is it in the middle? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But well, so, I mean, that's kind of random because those things in the middle are rather random in how they're chosen. Yeah. yeah I think. But Maybe it sounds not. like you didn't like whistle stop. Oh, I, I enjoyed it. You give it a rating. It was very simple. One to ten. One to ten. One to ten, ten, ten being the greatest games, top ten, one of your top ten games, and one being a, the worst ever thing you've ever played. Because seven is, like, above average. Six right? is above average. Obviously. Seven is good. Five is average out of ten. Eight is excellent. Nine is best. Ten is the absolute. What's double. five again? Average. Completely average. Yeah, right it was now. average. Okay. Take it or it leave five. it. I would say five. And if I'm playing it with a family that wants to play it, then I would, yes, I do. Speaking of railroads, during the late 1800s, a baboon was employed by the railroad as a signal man. He never once made a mistake and worked for the railroad until his death. How'd he die? Some parachute lay land on him? I don't know, but it makes me sad. Because he died? Uh, Do you think they paid the baboon? Probably. No, he was held in captivity and worked on this railroad. Maybe he wanted to. I don't think he did. He probably wanted to be in a tree eating a banana. He probably oh, wanted to have meaning, and this was something that he thought was cool. Switching the signals. Don't judge him. He never made a mistake. Man, that sounds you like- You made a mistake? I'm not going to lie. That sounds like you like his job, man. Listen, listen, I don't believe- th- th- Those statements right there, <laughs> again- <laughs> You're questioning the made, baboon? He never made a mistake. He never made a mistake. I'm not, I'm the not, perfect baboon. I'm not going to lie. That sounds like a bamboo- Bamboo. <laughs> bamboo. <laughs> They've been bamboozled. Uh, 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 we we need creature. to find a baboon for the podcast. <laughs> Replace Enrique. Dang it. <laughs> Get you. <laughs> oh, no. yeah. but, uh, this creature sounds like it. Hey, don't call him a creature. Well, he, he is. A baboon. He's a creature. Do you not want to know what a creature is? I bet that's like demeaning. No, it's not. We're it's all not creatures mean. of habit. And besides, I'm not going to embarrass myself by saying bamboo again. <laughs> No, I'm going to say creature. <laughs> this orangutan. Ape. Orangutan. Is an ape. An ape. Okay. Because I'll they don't have ape. tails. 
This ape sound like Hold you on, enjoy. I gotta go get rid of my, my cat. Keep talking. He, he, cat he, is making noise. For me, he sounded like he enjoyed this. Made not one mistake. I know. Why does Gobby hate the fact that this baboon likes his job and is better at it than his? I don't. Is so he upset that, that this baboon found found meaning? It's like, okay. can you get your cat? <laughs> get that cat and out I, of here. Gobby, let me out. That is such an annoying <laughs> cat. Can we just address the fact that Gobby has this cat that came from the street that he then let into his home, and this cat is the whiniest animal. I'm telling you, he adopted Gobby's ways. It whines. Con- That's all you hear. Constantly. Yeah, but it's not It's not that bad. It's bad. Okay. Every time I'm here, that cat is whining. <laughs> And if you don't go feed it or take it outside or do something, it just whines and it doesn't stop. I like I understand it like wanting food and it's trying to but get it's attention. Fed constant. It's just such a such a Well, that's on Gobby's part though. You know it is. Yes. This is what happens when you talk to your cats and you 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 want that high pitched squeal. We are pimping. And it's just it's just a yes. It's uh, the cat um, does nothing. Does it not do nothing? Well, cats as a whole, they're, I mean, they're not... Like, they don't do a whole lot during the day, I know that. They're not particularly useful unless you're using them as mousers. Like, I have a barn cat. I have yeah. two barn cats. They are segregated out. One lives, like, a mile away in one barn, and one lives by the house mm-hmm. in the garage area, like the storage building. And their jobs are kill rats or just to deter rats, and they do that. We don't have a problem with rats because I've got two... Outside cats that live outside that have their little, you know, little dog house that's been remade into a cat house for them that they have that they know and they sleep during the day and at night they go out and they kill. Yeah. That's it, their job. So I guess, stack bodies. I guess, like, I'm trying to think what this, like, there's country cats and then there's city cats. The, yes. And Rio is a lazy, whiny city cat. So why why are they just like that? Is it, I'm assuming. Is it- he, he kills things all the time. He kills nothing of import. He kills rats and mice and mold. He, no, he doesn't. He, I, you don't have it. You spread don't disease. have spread everything. Spreads you live disease. in Paris. You lived in Paris, Texas. You had a guy with a chainsaw come up here to your front door today, trying to offer to trim hedges that you don't have. We have trees with. Was it hedges? I thought he had a chainsaw. I don't think that's trim, a. You can trim a hedge with a chainsaw. And that doesn't seem as. It's not, it's not a hedge trimmer, but you can. And I feel like that I have made my points clear regarding Whistle Stop, as has Enrique. And this thus ends this episode, which oh. will no doubt propel us. Hmm. Wait, to, wait, wait. What? Wait. Well, go ahead and then I'll wait. Don't, go ahead and then I'll stop you. Go okay. ahead. Are we going to, for 100% sure, do our call-in episode next? On when? January 1st. Yes, I want to. So January 1st, which is New Year's, Monday, January 1st, Central Standard Time, our time. We will no doubt be recording, and we'll be doing a call-in episode. So please join our Board Game Snobs so, podcast Facebook group well, or Discord. Say, so on the previous one, I was able to just... Put out a number on this one. The way because last time we didn't have a way to put people in queue and line people up. Right, we just had to answer answer whoever happened to be calling. This time, Orion has some sort of conference thing. He will put out a link in which you can click on. To do so, you will need to be in our Facebook group or our Discord, all of which can be found in the show notes of this podcast. Yes, click the show notes, please. Join our group. Join our Discord. Do not vote for us in the upcoming Golden Geeks. But you may be motivated to after we speak to you during our yearly call-in episode, our annual call-in episode, mm. where we let you. And if you, this is a, a, your chance to ask Enrique or any of us questions. Tell us what your top ten is. You can ask us anything, although we may not answer AMA. everything. Yes. No, we will answer. Ask me some things. I will, but I want to dodge answers. You can ask me. What what question? Question? I, I will answer. give you an answer. I will answer. Always? Any- yes. Which is your favorite kid? Bob. So I gave you an answer. Exactly. That's Nonsense- what I'm saying. Nonsensical. That's what I said. Yeah. You, you can didn't ask avoid me. the question. So that's 
Well, he did avoid the question. I didn't avoid the question. He I answered, answered the question. He answered the question, but he no, didn't answer the question. No, was it the right answer? No. No. I mean, does he have a wasn't. kid named Bob? I do not have a kid he named does Bob. Not. not to my knowledge. Right. But if you're out there, Bob, I love you. And why? Are, first off, Bob is a, is a, is, <laughs> they name your kid Bob. It's Robert. They change. I don't know why. It's like Simpson, like Richard is Dick. <sighs> We've already had this discussion. Why? I want to know why. Just, uh, just people do it. If you name your kid Robert, do not shorten it to Bob. Call him Robert. Or Rob, like zombie. Just don't shorten it. Name your kid what you're going to call them for the rest of their life. If it's Herbert. So technically, if I wanted to don't name call him Herb. Herb. You're not an Herb. Bert. Bart. Enrique, your family's done well. It's your a, name is Enrique. Yes. Bartholomew. That's what everyone calls you. Yes. I, or sometimes. Yes. Let's clarify that. What's your middle sometimes. name? Uh, Ramos. Ramos. Wow, I never knew that. Yeah, it's nice. What's your social? My social? Mm-hmm. Oh, like, it, your, your your social security number. Oh, I don't know. I thought you was asking. He you thought you was asking like it was. Not telling you that, if, even if I didn't know. You're What's your Snapchat? Why not? Anyway, huh? that's enough of this episode. Please vote five stars for us. Just as Jerry. This is Gabby. This is- Thank you for tolerating. <laughs> Sorry, so sorry. I know you were expecting the show to be over, but it just as a reminder, we are doing a call-in episode January 1st. Put down your sparklers and fireworks and other dangerous items that may cause harm. Pick up the phone and give us a call. We will be recording starting at 12 p.m. High noon, as some say, on New Year's Day, January 1, 12 p.m. Central Standard Time. For our listeners in, uh, let's say, the general area of Sydney, that would be 5 a.m. for you. So set those alarm clocks and call in. For those of you in England, I believe that is somewhere around the 6 p.m. time range for you. Lay down your tea and crumpets and uh, pick up that phone. Give us a call. Uh, We have uh, a few already interested. Let's just say we have 10 people. Uh, We'd like to keep it three to five minutes per person. We might record for 60 to 90 minutes, allowing for some leeway in there. But we'd like to keep it at the max five minutes per phone call, depending on how many phone calls we get. But And uh, hopefully that works out. So please... Please, we will provide the links in Facebook and Discord and wherever else I can post it. I'm not sure, but uh, it will be a link, a phone number, something there in which you simply click it and give us a call. And there should be some sort of uh, like queue lineup this time where you won't just have to call and hope it's not busy. There will be an actual like waiting room, like a doctor's office. Sounds fun, doesn't it? Anyway, we would love to hear from you. Feel free to give us a call. If you don't know what to say, don't worry. We'll figure that out. We will ask you the questions. Love you and good day. In this episode of the Board Game Snobs, stay classy.